And we're live. <laughs> Are we live? Yes, we're live. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> now I sound stupid. All right. <laughs> so he's smart. I'm dumb. And we answered questions that nobody asked. So first off, we're going to be tackling some very uh, philosophical questions today. So our opinions, they can change on a dime. So take what we say with a grain of salt. Also, um, we aren't smart, but we do we do what we do. You got any comments, my guy? Uh, yeah, I think you pretty much summed it up. Oh, thanks. Uh, deeply philosophical comments we've got. Hang on, hang on. We gotta we gotta know how our days are going. How how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Okay, good to hear. Good to hear. The wife and kids, all right. <laughs> <laughs> If only. <laughs> yeah, my life's doing pretty good, pretty normal. Well, one thing happened that's, uh, you know, out of pocket, but like I'm going to tell you guys, you need to be knowing my business. Hey. So <clears throat> now the topics. So we have six different topics. They, they're all Each pretty much one topic. Yeah, you can encompass them under humanities. So, first question, uh, what makes us human? You have any thoughts on this one? Uh, we all come from the species Homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you're <laughs> taking a concrete approach. No, I'm, I'm fooling around, but... Okay, all right. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just take stuff way too literally sometimes. Mm. Alright, so I have a very simple uh, thing that I have to say for this. So what makes us human? I would say free will. The ability to choose. But does all animals get to choose? That's what makes us human. Well, okay, Animal. let me rephrase <laughs> If we're comparing... Us to AI, it would yeah. be free will. But us to animals, yes, it would obviously be like the concrete. We are Homo sapien. We have well, multiple saying, like so we can think in a higher level. You can't say that a plant has free will because it's kind of stuck there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's but, true. But you say free will as far as animals. Do we mm -hmm. have anything that makes us different than most animals? Oh, I would just say higher levels of thinking, able to grasp abstract concepts. So you think animals can't think of the abstract? Well, if we go to like the base level of what abstract is, yes. But I would say they can't really think of at higher levels of abstraction as we can, as like, humans. An animal might understand what death is, but it doesn't like dread for its life and the eventual coming of its demise. Yeah, like, it doesn't have really, I would say it doesn't have the capacity to really look for truth to, they, like, the like the extent that we do. Yeah, they think very shallow and short-term, it seems. Like, deer are definitely going to be afraid of a car coming at them, right? Most yeah, of is... the time. <laughs> yeah. But... They just... That's funny. Yeah. Uh, they can't comprehend, like, 
if I go on a road, I'm going to hit by a car. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Now, some deer might be able to make that connection because they're particularly smart and also maybe haven't been hit by a car before and thus suffered horrible brain damage. But mm-hmm. they can't extrapolate that out to, like, cars drive on these roads because, you know? Yeah. They've so, got, like, two-stage mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah. So, if we were to compare the highest IQ octopus to the lowest IQ human, you would see that IQ isn't actually the defining factor that makes us human. Because you could say, like, an octopus had, like, octopus apparently have, like, some pretty high IQ. I don't know exactly what it is, but... Like, it might be in, like, the 80s to 100s. I have no idea. But the lowest IQ human can still operate on a fundamental level, like an, like like a human. But an octopus, well, they operate like an octopus. So I would say it's probably, like, the preset parameters we are built to have. That's my... That's, that's what I think. So you say there's... Explain that more in depth. So you know how we have nature versus nurture? Yep. (laughs) This is going to go a little bit into nature. So we are human. Why are we human? Because we either evolved or were were created to be human. Other creatures evolved or were created to be other creatures. (laughs) So there is a line. And I would say... That line has, like, a gap in between, but there's definitely, like, a line with, like, like I said, a huge gap in between. Though there's That gap is... Hmm? Some massive thing that separates humanity from animals. But you're not okay. quite sure. Is that what you're saying? Well, no. What I'm saying is there's a gap in between where you would have, like, I don't know half human half dog or something that would fit in the gap in between where you wouldn't really you wouldn't really know if they're a human or a dog yeah i think one of the big things for humanity is that we have morality Mm -hmm. you know like even animals that show compassion towards one another it's mostly a survival instinct you know yeah but humans we can do things that it's not even that we do things to help each other. It's that we can feel good or bad about them. Yeah. I would like, just say that... Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, you know how many things in nature eat each other? Yeah. Like, species on species? Mm-hmm. Like, cannibalism is, like... It's the, the, norm. It's the norm, not the exception. That <laughs> humanity, we feel awful about even thinking about the concept. Because we have yeah. some sort of morality. I would say that for humans, it's just, well, not even trying to sound like I'm above thou or we're above thou, but humans are like a higher level of being to a certain extent is what I would say. Mm. Interesting. It, Why do you think that we're higher? Well, just the fact that we're able to comprehend the things that others other creatures or animals might not be able to grasp the concept the of. abstract thoughts and such. Mm-hmm. Because if we think about it, humans are the people who built houses. 
beavers are people who be, not people beavers are animals that build dams they can build some you know pretty remarkable dams uh ants can build houses but they never made it out of steel or out of like materials that you would have to like use extreme amount of knowledge for it's interesting because it once again it falls into a generalist versus specialist thing <laughs> does it yeah think about it beavers can build dams and they are really good at it from birth right mm-hmm. yeah if you asked a human from birth to build a dam it would probably still be saying goo goo gaga you know fair enough well a beaver as a baby probably still wouldn't be able well, to I know, do it know, but it's, it's programmed into them. If you asked an ordinary human to construct a dam across a river, odds are they're going to have difficulties. Mm-hmm. But humans have people who mine, and then they bring that to the steel maker, and the steel maker turns it into beams, and then the beams go to the people who are making the dam, and they build the dam, right? Mm-hmm. So... We as humans have the potential to learn a a lot of things that, while animals might naturally have, they can't specialize into other things, whereas we can because we're more generalist. Okay, I think I finally have something that differentiates humans from other animals. Mm -hmm. Um, Either intellect or raw potential. We're going to turn this into an anime moment. The raw potential of mankind. The raw potential of mankind. That was a funny accent. Explain. Okay, so I'll just go along intellect. Intellect, that's, well, already kind of obvious to a certain extent because we already discussed that. So I'm going to go on to potential. So humanity has, has the potential to go across the stars because of the fact that we have such a high intellect to the point of where, well, but a the sky's intellect. like, yeah, to the point of where the sky is not the limit. <laughs> like people say the sky is the limit. No, it's not the limit anymore. You got like, whole planets, whole star systems. Exactly. Like we, we literally are on the moon now. So the sky isn't the limit anymore. So, I would just say the fact that we as humans are able to put someone on an entirely different planet that animals might not even comprehend the existence of or care of the existence of or have ever contemplated if that exists. For that reason, I would say that humans, that's what makes humans different, just intellect and potential. I think another thing, our Mm -hmm. social structure. Have you ever thought about human social structure? Yes, actually, I have. Oh, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts on it are, is it's not necessarily based on logic. Because mm. if it was based on logic, it would be a lot more cruel. Yeah, you'd basically have mothers eating babies if they can't perform. <laughs> exactly. We would, we would be animalistic. Oh, you well, got a C on your math test. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because think about it, like, animals eating other animals, that's, like, a logical way to keep everything in balance. Yeah, if an ant dies, heck, they're having ant for supper. <laughs> <laughs> like, but the way the way we operate, it's not very, like, 
logical. Well, you know what I think is an interesting factor of it? Huh. When we raise our offspring, we we don't do what other animals do, which is just boot them out. And we don't do what, like, long-term mammalians do, like elephants, where we keep them all in the herd. We raise mm-hmm. them for a really long time, and then we turn them out to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So... It's interesting because, for example, elephants, they also raise their young from a from young age all the way till they're an adult, right? Yeah. But the elephants are always going to stay in the herd. Mm-hmm. Whereas a human, I don't know about you, but if I end up living in my parents' basement until I'm 20, they're going to kick me out. <laughs> yeah. Valid point. So. Okay. I'm going to put a pin on the what makes us human so we can come to it at a later date because yeah. we seem to be having an absolute field day with this one. Yes, okay. So another one, this might be shorter, this might be just as long, but only time will tell. Is it okay to lie to protect yourself? Mm. I would say, like I say for almost everything, it's situational. Indeed. But... And also, it's very subjective to the person. In my case, in my case, I would not in, like, 99% of cases. I think the importance is protecting yourself versus protecting others. Yeah. Because if you have to lie to protect yourself, you've brought this on yourself, you know? But other people didn't ask for what you did. Well, once again, I would say it depends on the situation. Well, yeah, where, obviously. Like, there's some yeah. times where you want, like, somebody's absolutely done something horribly wrong and you can't lie. You have to tell the truth because, I mean, you don't want a murderer running around. But mm-hmm. if they haven't done anything wrong and you have to lie to protect them, it's a really tough decision to make because, honestly, if they haven't done anything wrong, it's not really your area to bring harm to them directly or indirectly. Well, the way I approach it is I never judge or I'm never a judge or the judge. All I do is carry out with the execution. Well, okay, you know what? <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds cold. That sounds okay. cool. That's sounds, that's yeah, that sounded cool. But what I mean by that is I don't try to divert the flow like if someone does something they get the consequences of their actions yeah like i i like to think i'm a very forgiving person like if someone wrongs me of course i'll take them back i'll be happy to accept them but they have to face the the consequences of their actions first yeah so is it okay to lie to protect yourself with that line of thinking i don't usually lie to protect myself is just a rule I usually follow. Now the question is, would you say that and then not do it? Because what I, I say, say I wouldn't lie to protect myself, but I probably would in reality. What's funny is I usually actually don't lie to protect myself and I probably won't still. Because once again, like the fact that like I put up like a good amount of effort into making sure 
that I am accountable for what I do and other people are accountable for what they do. So to lie is to take the blame off of you in certain situations, of course. It would be to take the blame off of some other place and place it somewhere else or just take it off of you. And personally, not only would that fill me with guilt, but that would just fill me with the fact that, you know, not only did I lie to that person, I ran away from my punishment. Because mm. for all I know, I, sh- I deserve what would have happened. That's, that's my take on it, though. So I would say it's like super subjective to the person. I guess it makes sense. I think I mean, that that's kind of oh, go the, ahead. The summary of it, yeah. Yeah, like if someone were to lie to protect themselves, I wouldn't judge them because, I mean, shoot, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive. Sometimes, hmm. I mean, like the like the idea of a uh, sometimes people taking advantage of other people. I don't like it by any means. But sometimes you just have to survive. I don't. So I don't blame them. The problem with that is it's obviously a bad thing. Oh yeah, for sure. It's moral. It's morality wise a bad thing. So mm-hmm. why are we condoning it at all? Oh no, I do not condone it by any means. Then why are you letting it happen? Letting it happen and condoning it, I will say, are two different things. Well, you're gonna well say let me that... phrase that. Let me phrase that. I don't agree with it by any means. Yeah. If I can stop it, yes, I would be down to stop it. But I will accept that it's happening and that it happened. Hmm. Not going to be upset at the person or say that they're a bad person. I'm just going to say that what you did wasn't really right. All right. I think that's all I have to say on that topic. Okay. I just think it's wrong. But sometimes people just do it because it's afraid to face your, it's fearful to face your consequences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say it's very fluid. But like I said, I just don't, I don't run from stuff. That's something I really nail hard onto myself. Okay. Do all people deserve respect? Hmm. My answer might be obvious on this one, but what's, what's your take on this, my guy? No. (laughs) oh okay let's hear this it's i think 99 percent of people deserve respect obviously Mm -hmm. like we're all human beings we need to understand each other and help each other the problem is in that one percent of people who are such absolute it's not necessarily even that they're evil people it's just that they don't understand what good is you know? Mm, no. Oh, that's a oh, that's a beautiful phrasing, my guy. Mm, that was beautiful. How can I respect you if you don't understand what's right? Mm-hmm. Well, because see, here's the thing. Yeah. I I, I need to clarify what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand right from wrong, I can respect you in a different way because oh, like as a human being you might not have the same emotional intelligence because of some sort of condition or such. And therefore Mm -hmm. I just need to be careful. But if you're a person who actively understands what good and evil is and choose to do evil just because that's when Mm -hmm. you truly lose respect. Like all I get that. I get that. 
man, just just that alone is respectable in in of, in of itself. So, no, hmm. Uh, what being respectable? Oh, um, the fact that you say that you know ninety nine percent of people, you know, the people that are decent versus the one percent or the point one percent that are purposefully doing wrong. Well, because there's a bunch of decent people who do a lot of bad stuff, like more bad stuff than they do good. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily because they want to do it. It's because they're either ignorant to the fact that it's evil or mm-hmm. they just like that's what they have to do. And I think in a lot of cases, they're, they're ignorant to the fact that it's evil. Yeah. But it's once you get to people who understand that what they're doing is evil, but continue in spite of what they're doing. And the people who are not repentant about it, they feel no guilt. Mm. Now, what was your uh, view on it? Okay, so my answer to do all people deserve respect. Mm -hmm. First off, I would say the same thing as you did. No, all people do not deserve respect. Because if someone wronged you, they do not deserve respect. I would say like the concept of even deserving respect is very fickle at best. But you can still give people stuff even if they don't deserve it. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So, let's say, for instance, uh, a friend doesn't really like me, right? I'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, they don't really deserve respect in that case. But of course, I would still respect them because that's how I roll. <laughs> So I would say, of course, it's subjective to the person, but do all people deserve respect? No, all people don't deserve respect. I think the important distinction there to make is that when we're talking about respect, what exactly is your idea of respect? That's good. That's good. Okay. Hmm. Because That's in hard. my mind... I've always viewed respect as a mixture of fear and love in a weird way. Hmm. Because it's that whole you've you know about Machiavelli, it's better to be feared than loved, that whole Yeah. So the idea is if you're loved by people, you're not necessarily respected by them because even though they like you, they won't always obey your boundaries in attempting to help you, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've all had the grandma where you're like, please, I don't want another cookie. And they're like, Give, uh, here's a cookie, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or for a better example, one that I think a lot more people can identify with, really clingy, like cr- they are crushing on you type people, right? You where love like, to those type of people. I, dude, listen, like gal or whatever, you know, I get that you like me, but it's not, not returned. <laughs> <laughs> And they're not respecting you because they love you, but they can't, they don't fear you in equal measure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fear, on the other hand, it's, you can get people to do a lot with fear, but since they don't love you, it's not going to be, I I mean love in the platonic way here. Yeah. It could be either way, but if you make people fear you, the moment that you lose what you have that they fear power yeah the moment you lose power everybody's gonna be on you but if you're respected loved and feared 
people are afraid of what you could do, but they also know that, well, if I'm on this person's, like, it, this person genuinely cares for my safety, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're in a very stable position. Uh, that's my view on it. I would have to say that my view is the same as yours, mainly because I don't really have, like, a way to put it in concrete words as well as you did. Mm. So, if that's respect, do you believe that all people reserve your love and fear? Hmm. No. Fear doesn't always mean power physically, like punishing you physically. It could mean cutting Mm -hmm. off the friendship or you know, ostracizing you. Mm-hmm. So obviously, well, not obviously, but I will say no. Not all people deserve my love or fear. Some people deserve fear. Some people deserve love, but some don't deserve both. Well, if you're going to love someone, why do you love them but not fear them? Hmm. If you love someone, wouldn't you obey their wishes, even if maybe you wanted to do something else? Well, of course, but it wouldn't be out of fear. Why not? What would I have to fear? Well, okay. You then know what? No. A relationship. You are you are correct. You are correct. If you love, that means you probably have respect, most likely. I would have to say like 100%, maybe. I don't know. Because there's a healthy balance of the two. Mm-hmm. You should fear some, but someone enough to respect their wishes, but if you fear them too much, then what are you getting in return in the form of love, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any okay. additional thoughts on that? Yes. Um, a, a way to break this down is, like you said, fear and love. If you don't love a person... Not even like a romantic way, right? But yeah. on. that means that would yeah, that would also imply that you don't really have respect for them. Well doesn't even have to really Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say like the maybe like the lowest extent of love, I would say. Even if you have that, that can count as something towards respect. But if you don't have that, we're like, oh yeah, that guy is doing bad intentionally knowing that it's bad and not because he has a gun to his head he's doing it a hundred percent by his own volition like he literally has black air forces on so don't stop that man so well that person bosses right Mm -hmm. i'm thinking back to previous i'm sorry that i cut you off but uh i don't mind let's say that you have a boss who is pretty demanding of you right and he has the power to fire you Mm-hmm. But he asks you constantly, "Are you? Keep, can I help you keep up with your workload? Is there any adjustments we can make it to the office?" You know, that's a that's a good example of respect right there. Yeah, but it goes in both directions because he also fears you in that you won't do the work, but he likes you as an employee. So there's respect mm-hmm. both ways. Mm-hmm. But if there's a boss who just expects you to get everything cranked out every day on exact schedule and he never asks you how you're doing that's not respect that's just he might not even fear you he has no thought about you 
mm-hmm. the worst kind of boss. Okay. So we got three topics down, so we'll, we'll do like one more than we'll call it. Unless we might be able to fit another one. So which one? Okay. Ooh, you know what? I have a very interesting take for this question. And this... Nah, okay. Oh, I can I can pick up the scraps if I need to. Can predestination and free will coexist? That's right. We're getting here. <laughs> We're here. I We're have here, some very gentlemen. interesting theology on this. <laughs> okay. So what I have to say, I'm going to start off. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Xanatos Gambit? No. Well, hold up. So, okay. it's the idea that um, all paths lead to the same end. Okay. But let, let me explain it more a bit more about that. So, there's like a a picture that I looked at that explains this, where it's someone that's like, "Oh yeah, you want to kill me? Well, go ahead and try." And then it's like diverging paths. Like, if you do this, then that will happen. Then that will happen. Then you have a choice between that and that. And then that will happen. And then the end, this will happen. Well, someone can perfectly manipulate those branching choices into going into an I-win situation. So I would say, yes, free will does exist. And predestination also exists. Well... It can coexist. That's that's how I say it. So I have an interesting hybrid, if you would like uh, to speak. Nah, you can't speak. Sorry, <laughs> freedom of speech is no longer applied to you. Just go ahead. Um, I believe that while all of our actions have been predetermined, we still have. The agency, it's just that the big man upstairs already knows what we're going to choose, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. Uh, first off, um, first off, um, we got a little, we got a Christian little boy here. All right. <laughs> so disclaimer in case you guys are wondering. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just a dude here. You're just yeah. chilling. The idea is, let's say you, you're like driving on the highway and you want to speed, right? Mm-hmm. If you decide to speed, that's been decided since the beginning of time, but you used your free will to make it happen, right? Okay. So, now a cop pulls you over. That's a consequence of what you did. Now, you can't say that it that you could never have not sped because you could have used your free will mm-hmm. to not speed. Uh, the difference is... All the decisions we've made are our free will, and yet they've it's it's hard to exactly pinpoint what I'm saying without mm-hmm. like some complex graphical stuff, but the gist <laughs> of it is yeah. we have free will, mm-hmm. but from birth we're predisposed to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And so odds are we're gonna do one thing and we had the decision to do it, but we we did it one way, and it was known we were going to do it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in your theory, though. What, the Xanatos Gambit? Well, is that truly what you believe? 
that somebody could manipulate predestination while being within the plane of existence where it's happening? Well, here's the thing. One plus two or two plus one, which one do you choose? At the end of the day, it's still going to equal three, correct? Correct. You, you get to choose between the certain selections. Now, if I were to do 1.5 plus, I don't know, um, 1.5, that would still be three. So there's like infinite possibilities, but it would still end up at that same place. So in theory, if someone had the time, they could very well orchestrate somewhat infinite possibilities to end at a one exact point. But why would they do that? I don't know. I'm just posing a theory. So, (laughs) interesting. And you're believing this, why? Well, if we're talking about can free will and predestination exist, that's the way that I think it would exist. Hmm. I just think it's interesting to think about because it's obvious we have free will because like we make decisions every day that could Mm -hmm. easily have been changed and we regret them. Yeah. The problem with a lot of people who think that predestination is real is I think it's kind of a attempt to lie down and let history happen to you. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> and if you're going to lie down and let history to happen to you, it will. You will fulfill your own predestination of failure that you set on yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you take your idea and your willpower and you decide that you're going to make this thing happen, mm-hmm. I guess you could bend circumstance to attempt to make that thing happen. Okay. It that makes not sense. happen? It might. It's mm-hmm. it's close to Xantos, but I still think that with enough free will, you can break out of most situations, but not all. Okay, that makes sense. But of course, that's just a theory. Okay, no. <laughs> Don't, no, 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 no. <laughs> MatPat will personally come here come to our houses, he will beat us down and sue us for copyright infringement. Precisely. If he finds us and this podcast. <laughs> Alright. The one Shout out to the person. Just... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Shout out to the um I... oh hang on, real quick. Do we have any reports on um anyone else who popped in? Indeed. We gained a Spaniard. Ah yes. So now the rivalry is getting real between the uh, the French and the Spain the Spanish on this show. <laughs> hmm. I see. So you guys are gonna have to go to war now. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. Now you know what that was a that was a terrible taste. I don't know why, but I feel like it really was. Okay. So the final question, well, final two questions, kind of overlap into each other, but. Okay. Can we choose our emotions or do they just happen? And the next one is, does anyone else's happiness affect my own or your own? Mm. So let's start off with choosing emotion. So I'll start off with my take since you seem to be thinking. So I say that we obviously, not 
why, why do I keep saying obviously? We can definitely have an influence on our emotions and what happens. Can we directly choose it? I have no idea. I can't, that's for sure. But we can influence what happens. Like, if we engage into negative self-talk, we can bring us into a bad mood. If we engage in, like, positive self-talk, we can bring ourselves into confidence. That's something that people usually already know. So, yes, I would say that we can influence our emotions. But choose them? Uh, if we count influence as choosing, then yes. Because hmm. I think the important lesson about it is you can't choose your emotions, but you can choose how you react to them. Oh, stoicism. I looked into that a while ago. I love stoicism. Yeah. Love it. But it's this concept of exactly what you're talking about with self-talk. You know, mm-hmm. if you feel angry because, let's say, somebody punched you in the face, mm-hmm. you have a definite choice, once again, free will, mm-hmm. of am I going to punch him back or am I going to just walk away from the situation? Mm-hmm. If you don't have good control of your emotions, odds are you'll try to punch him in the face. But it's up to you. It's not some magic, like, oh my gosh, I'm angry, so I must retaliate, you know? Mm-hmm. But what I will say is your emotion, they can control you, but there's a caveat. But you can also control them back as well. Well, no. Yeah, emotions control you, but you also control you. So it's like a battle. That's what I would say. Yeah, because it's hard to walk away from somebody who just punched you in the face without doing anything. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. And I think it's like, because you know about the different layers of the brain. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. kind of. Well, because anger is something very primal, right? Yeah. It's very fundamental to our nature to defend ourselves and to keep our territory safe. Mm-hmm. So you have to somehow overcome your territorial nature, your primal instincts, may you will. Mm-hmm. And using the greater mind, decide, I'm not going to hit you because, and you have to give a reason. Because if you can't give a reason, your primal instincts are just going to overrun, right? Yeah. Real quick advice to anyone who wants to build respect. Whoever is able to walk away from conflict, like, looking somewhat neutral, that that like that can gain a lot of respect. Well, you know why, I think? Well, I think because it, de- it demonstrates control. Yeah, definitely. I think you hit the nail right on the head with that. Yeah, because like the idea... Um, I don't, I forgot what the saying was. Well, something like, uh, talk like you carry a small stick, but carry a big stick. I don't know. Well, I don't know how the phrase goes. I think one of the key things is there's an ancient sailor saying, and I only remember the last part, but Mm -hmm. it's something on the lines of sailors fear dark seas, cloudy skies, and the wrath of a gentle man. Oh, yeah. I get, yeah, I get that. And, the 
I think it's the terror that comes from you have somehow managed to get the man who is perfectly in control mm-hmm. to want to hurt you. This is not a decision that his emotions are making. He is making it. <laughs> you see, and that's the thing. That's why if you are calm, respect, probably, emphasis on the word probably, will come to you. Because if someone punches you in the face and you're able to walk away from that, you would have demonstrated such a high level of control that, you, I mean, you would have my respect, that's for sure. But nobody sure. likes the person who's always going around, getting drunk, punching people, you know, that guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of oh. people respect the one who walks away from a fight and whose opinion will matter more in the end. Oh, it's it's always the dude who was more respected. Mm-hmm. I was going to say more calm and logical, but not. At the end of the day, it's whoever is more respected usually gets their opinion heard more often. That's because kind of just a... Think about it. Control, it's fear and love. They fear control. what could happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you go. I will say that control ties into respect. Because think about it. What is control? Well, hmm. I would say that control probably derives from respect. Well, control is a form it's... of power, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you are emotionally unable to keep yourself from getting into a fight, it means that you're also not going to be as good at leading people or at, like, really anything because your own willpower isn't strong enough to keep you from overcoming your primal urges. Oh, I love that word, willpower. Yeah, but if your willpower is high enough to keep yourself from fighting then who knows what else you can do. And, plus, you haven't fought. If you see somebody fight, you get a pretty good idea of how well they fight, right? hmm The problem is, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, I do not fear uh, the man who is... It's um, a French fencer who says this. I, mm-hmm. I do not fear the man who uh, has practiced with the blade for a decade. I fear the man who's it's the first time he's picked up a sword that's hmm you know that is an interesting way to look at it okay well, yeah that, that makes sense yeah cuz think about it if you're fencing and you're fencing with another fencer both of you have agreed on a contract of this is how we fight correct mhm but when you're fighting against some random dude, you have no clue what he's going to do because he hasn't agreed to your contract. Yeah. And you have to, to go control. back. That's true. But to go back to the uh, part before with the guy who walks away from the fight. Yeah. I would say like that differs substantially from the guy who may have initiated the fight. Because let's say that you walk away from the fight. Versus somebody else, they might run away from the fight, or someone else who may go into the fight, walking away. Like, like I said before, that demonstrates such, like, an un, like that, an underrated amount of control. Well, because if he didn't run away, it means not only are you confident enough to not take on the fight, you're also confident enough to take it on, if he pursues. 
And see that that's that's the cool thing. If you walk away, that at least gives the impression that you know that you can handle this if you need to, but you do not choose to. Ultimate and, control. Exactly, ultimate control. All right. Um, do we have enough time for the final one or no? I don't think so. We do have time okay. for Monty Minute. Of course we do. You know what? We can just throw into the after party, I guess. If we have one today. Mm. So, Monty. What's up? Are you a fan of Pixar films? Uh, a little bit. Why? I'm, I'm just wondering what ones you've seen. Ooh, I can't name them off the top of my head because my memory is garbage. Hmm, that might be a problem. Because Monty, hmm. huh? <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? <clears throat> what, what what are you doing? <laughs> I want you to name as many of their films as possible in a minute. No, can I take a fifteen-second penalty again or something? <laughs> there is no way I can. Here's the uh... deal. You could take mm -hmm. a 20 second penalty to use Google. But oh, the man. other condition is if you name a non Pixar film, you get one point deducted from your final score. You know what? I'll take the 60 seconds. And you know what? Are you going to you know take. What? You're not taking the penalty? You're not using Google? Nah, nah, I'm not taking the penalty. Just watch me. Just watch me. All right, one moment. Just you watch. I'm gonna. You I'm ready? Gonna do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three, two, one, go. All right, Shrek two, Shrek one. Why did I take two first? Shrek three. I don't know if I made a Shrek four, but I'm gonna say it anyway because I want to. Um, Toy Story, Toy Story two, three. Um, I always get Pixar and Disney mixed up. So you know what? Screw it. I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening Disney movies because that's all I know. <clears throat> No, nah, I'm not doing that. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame, I think that was one. No, that, no, that was Disney. Uh, crap, 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 crap. We're running empty. We're running empty. Uh, crap. I, I don't give 30. up. But I... <clears throat> so today's Monty Minute. We're just going to be talking about how's your day going. So, <clears throat> so we still have 30 still have some seconds left. So any feeling you feel is not final. You can always overcome it, and usually it will fade within time. So, don't give up on hope. Is time up yet? Time! Oh, look at that. How many points? Can I get bonus points for that one? No. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> I tried. I am sad to say you have scored... A grand total of negative one points. <laughs> because Shrek isn't Pixar, it's DreamWorks. You know what? You know what? I had enough of this. Negative one points, Monty. Live that down. I am not living that down. Alright. You know, just just for that we have to have we have to have the after party just because you insulted me. Alright. Uh, that's all I have for today. That's all I have for today.
Well, like I said in the beginning, uh, he's smart, I'm dumb, and we're leaving you. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.